May only truth be offered here this day, and may only truth be received. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It will come as no surprise to most of you that I and Magdalene have been contemplating and dealing with the reality of grief and mourning. Grief is one of those difficult emotions that takes a long time to process, and it is one that we can never fully escape. Recently, I have heard of a new and interesting way uh, to think of grief, especially grief that reoccurs months or years after the death of a loved one. Grief is like a box that has a button on one side of that box. And there is a ball inside the box that rolls around. And the ball rolls around and occasionally hits the button on the side of the box. And when the ball hits the button, we feel grief. In the early stages of grief, the ball is very large. It almost fills up the entire box. So it is almost always pushing the button. And as time passes, as people, as the person deals with and <coughs> contemplates the nature of the loss, the ball begins to shrink. And it hits the button less often. But one day, when you are least expecting it, it will roll around and push that button. For me, and for Magdalene, the ball is still pretty big, and my grief button is almost always on. As a way to alleviate this, I, I picked up a book that I had known, and indeed I had read quite some time ago. I picked up a book that was written in 1961. It's a book called A Grief Observed. It was written by C.S. Lewis a giant in Anglican thought and theology and writing. C.S. Lewis may be best known for writing the Chronicles of Narnia. In this thin volume, 64 pages, which took me almost three months to read, Lewis writes about how he had been dealing with the death of his own wife. It is a beautiful and powerful work that is honest and open about the emotions that he was feeling. It took me a long time to read this book because I had to put it down often to deal with my own feelings that I was experiencing being mirrored back to me from the pages of this book. At the end of the book, I came across some words that has led me to share this with you today the day that we celebrate the ascension of our Lord. But more of that in, in a moment. In our scripture readings for today, we hear of Jesus ascending into heaven. Now, both of the readings that we hear today that speak of this moment have been attributed to St. Luke. But both of them are very different. In Acts, the disciples are stunned, speechless, and actionless by what they have witnessed. 
And they need to be prodded by these two men in white robes to get moving. In Luke's gospel, the event provokes in them great joy and they worship God in the temple continually afterward. Both of these reactions do not seem to fit, though, with what has happened with Jesus. Why do I say that? Well, let's recap. Jesus taught about changing the world, about being a force of change that stands up against oppression by living lives of love. And for that, he was nailed to a tree. And he died. God was not going to let that get in the way of God's plans. So out of the tomb, Jesus comes to continue to teach his disciples that caring for each other, feeding each other, and showing love to all people is the way to move forward. Only then to be whisked away into heaven just as he was getting to the good stuff. I want to talk about a roller coaster of emotions. The disciples are astonished by what Jesus is teaching. They think the kingdom is at hand. They fall into despair because their leader and teacher has died. Shortly thereafter, they are rejoicing because Jesus is back from the dead. Surely now the kingdom will be made real, only to have to deal with the fact that Jesus has been taken away with the promise of an advocate to point the way forward. The disciples go from hope to despair to joy to joy? Shouldn't they fall into despair now? Jesus is gone again. Surely now is when their grief should be at its peak. Surely now is when the button should be pushed fully. Why aren't they despondent? And I have wondered this for a long, long time. Every time I have read this piece of scripture, I have wondered why aren't they grieving in this moment when Jesus is taken up unto heaven? Why are they so happy about this? And then that's where the words from this book. I read these words from C.S. Lewis. Am I just sidling back to God because I know that if there's any road to H, it runs through him? Then, of course, I know perfectly well that he can't be used as a road. If you're approaching him not as the goal, but as a road, not as the end, but as a means, you're not really approaching him at all. Can I meet H again only to learn to love God so much that I don't care whether I meet her or not? C.S. Lewis is saying that the more he loves God, the closer he is to his wife. That is, and this is what I believe is is behind the, the disciples' joy. That Jesus being lifted up into heaven. They know that he is not really gone. As long as they follow what he taught. And live lives that seek to bring about the kingdom. Jesus has not left them. The ascension reminds us. That even though Jesus is gone from us physically. We are called to not just stare up into the sky. Toward heaven. But to live in such a way that. We, are, we show the world a glimpse of heaven. 
Now the grief that I have been wrestling with has now been tempered with the knowledge that the more I love God, the more I love those whom I have lost. The more I love God, the closer I am to them. The more I love God, the more I can see the kingdom that is, but is not yet. My dear friends, as we celebrate these waning days of the Easter season, let us do so remembering that while grief is painful and life can be difficult, we have a brighter hope a hope to share with the rest of the world, a hope that we can make real. This is the joy that the disciples felt that first ascension day. And it is the joy that we can show forth to this world that is so mired in so much grief. Amen. Amen.